1: Hey, everybody, hey, yeah, baby, are you ready, whoa, whoa, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Tucked podcast presented by FeaturedX.com and Sound Talent Media. I am your host, uh, Tuck. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you smash the shit out of that subscribe button, leave reviews, and tell the world how this is the most screamo podcast that you have ever listened to in your life. Tell them how I'm a five-star man. And shout out to Liquid Death for sending me some delicious water. Do you like death? Do you drink liquids? Drink Liquid Death. It's really good. I like it. I drink it. It's pretty sweet. Water's good for you if you didn't know. Holy shit! This is my 50th episode. I was thinking about this show the other day, and something pretty cool hit me. I was... Thinking about how, like, I hope when I'm older, after I've passed, my kids, grandkids, whatever, that they'll listen to this. And I think that they will really get an understanding for who I am or who I was. At times it's a bit insane, at times it's a a little sentimental. But overall, the goal was to let you all know who I am. And I just want you to know I'm always here to chat with you guys, although I'm a little shit with email and DMs, I do the best I can, I've been trying to really connect with you all, I just hope you all know that I greatly appreciate you listening to my show, it has been a very safe, happy place for me this year, and I've gotten to get a lot of shit off my chest, for thanks for listening to me, um, it's been almost a year since we launched, and It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed getting to know my friends and my peers better um, while, you know, peeling back a little layer of them for you, the fans. So thank you for listening. And I can't wait to hit 100 episodes. I can't believe we're at 50. That's fucking crazy. So this week we have another member of the fantastic band Afterlife. Andrew McGuire is the Shred Lord for Afterbirth and also a fantastic human. I like him. We toured together on our uh, summer headliner a while back with Norma Jean and Left Behind. I had a great time hanging out with Andrew in those three weeks, and it's really nice to get to catch up with him and shoot the shit. They've got a brand new single dropping this Friday titled Burn It Down. Go check out the music video that's actually dropping tomorrow. It's going to be great. By tomorrow, today, Cause that's when I'm putting this out. Okay, you'll go check it out. But all right, here we go, mother tuckers. Episode fifty. My chat with Andrew McGuire of Afterlife. what's up man how are you dude i'm doing pretty good can't complain life is starting to look up i think so feeling pretty posy these days except for all the punk ass bitches out there saying that godzilla is gonna beat kong because they're wrong oh come on bro dude i know you're on team zilla and i'm telling you ain't gonna happen the radioactive lizard man i don't know if i don't know if the monkey could take it yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. The thing is, he's resistant to Godzilla's fucking um, super attack, the atomic breath or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to come down to. Fight. I was going to say, I guess it just comes down to who's stronger at that point. Do you think that they're just fighting Mecha Godzilla? I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, I think they might just be fighting Mecha Godzilla actually in the end. That's what some stuff is hinting at, but I hope so. I fi- I figured there was going to be some other creature that comes in at some point. Yeah, dude, it has to be. I just rewatched the other one recently though. It was pretty fucking sick. Uh, Wait, the one with Brian Cranston? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> good old That, that Bryan movie makes
2: there. me That movie makes me laugh so hard
1: because they killed him in like 20 minutes. <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I think uh, I loved the 90s or early like Godzilla 2000 and shit. I thought those were hilarious. Um, But the Kong, the last Kong one was pretty fucking tight, too. But fuck movies. Uh, Let's talk about (laughs) Afterbirth. Um, Afterbirth. You know, I had a funny realization with your band name the other day, which, you know, obviously I make my jokes about Afterbirth, but... It's funny, because the name Afterlife for a band Uh, uh, is pretty fucking sick. And I was like, how the fuck has no one else ever named a band Afterlife and had it work out before, where you guys still got that? It's like (laughs) fucking naming your band Nirvana, but not. (laughs) Right? You know? It's like a popular, sick-ass word. You would think some other jabroni would have had a band by now named Afterlife, but they didn't. You do. Yeah, no,
2: that's funny. Uh, when we first started the band, uh, there was like a, there's like a cover band, like that plays in bars on the other side of our state. And, uh, they started like shortly after us and we already had like, I don't know, 15,000 followers on Facebook and they messaged
1: us on Facebook and we're like, we're going to need you to change your name. And we were like, uh, not going gonna to <laughs> suck my dick. That's what I'm going to need. Um, Yeah, I'm glad you didn't change your name because of that. Um, (laughs) No, we wouldn't have. Yeah, there was that band Captives who signed to Sharp Tone, and they just had to change their name to Caskets because of uh, some other stupid band from Australia, which if Captives from Australia hears this, I think you fucking suck. Your band's bad, so <laughs> suck it. But honestly, I feel like they got the better end of the stick on this one because I think Caskets is a cooler band than, than Captives. Like if you asked me, are you can wear a hoodie that says Captives or you can wear a hoodie that says Caskets, I'm picking Caskets 100 to 1 all day. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you on that. And
2: also, it's kind of funny because it almost sounds similar already. So, like, people that are listening to them on, like, XM, I know that they've been doing really well there. Like, when they announced the band, Captives captives or Caskets, it kind of sounds the same anyway. So, same shit. Worked ones. out for them in a long way.
1: <laughs> fit for a king, fit for the kings. Same thing. Um, <laughs> fit for the kings. Uh, fit for the kings. Best fucking emo butt rock band on the planet. The Path is the best record of the worst year of Ever. And everyone was like, wow, Fit for Kings is the best band ever. And I was like, Yo, it's honestly, it's the fucking truth, man. Like, did you listen to The Path? It's great. Um, and if you disagree with me, it's because you're a stupid jabroni. Um, that's the only thing I'm missing from switching from the one format to this now is I don't have my soundboard where I can have Frank Reynolds call you a whore the whole time. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I'm trying this new thing called Zencaster. It's not new, but it's new to me just so I can talk to people that don't all have FaceTime. Um, Yeah. But, dude, new single fucks. Is it technically, because we're recording now, but I'm going to put it out next week. What day does the single come out? Uh, The single comes out on April 2nd. Oh, okay, let me look at this real quick. I'm going to look at the calendar and make sure that I'm just going to make sure that I talk about it properly. Um, yeah, okay, so it's coming out next week. That's great. So this it will come out, like, the day before that drops. Um, which, also, congratulations, you're my 50th episode. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, pretty I didn't close. know you've done that many. That's crazy. That's a lot. <laughs> it's been a hell of a year, man. Um, it's kind of crazy, because I definitely... I don't know, I like to work on fun stuff. I'm I'm pretty self serving. So when I think back on this year of all the shit I did, I'm actually kind of impressed with myself. It was pretty decent. Um not to gloat, but to gloat. Um It's wild. It was just such a fucking shit garbage year that I'm surprised anyone got anything done. But I think that our community was really strong. And, like, dude, one thing about you, I always appreciate your sense of humor. You're one of the funniest motherfuckers I've met through touring. And (laughs) I always crack up, whether it's a tweet or you hit me up or whatever, like, always a pleasure, man. So, (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that was one of those, when you guys got added, so so everyone knows how we became friends, we did a summer tour with Normal Jeans and um, Left Behind a few summers ago, and Currents did half of it, and Afterlife did half of it, and <coughs> the only person I knew from your band previously was Tristan, because he's a Texas boy unfortunately um, unfortunately but goddamn is he handsome you know he can be a dickhead sometimes but he's just so hot that you can't not have him on stage um (laughs) which you know when he cut his hair i was like kind of bummed and then he grew the stash and then i was like yeah i'd I'd let you give it to me buddy all right Uh, yeah he has a stash in the
2: music video so it's pretty funny to me because uh tyler was like dude you gotta get rid of that
1: thing and then once we saw the video we're like oh it actually looks great (laughs) yeah he could do porn and it would be pretty cool (laughs) i'd I'd watch it um he's just (laughs) so attractive but um dude your new guitar that new schecter that you're rocking it's pretty fucking sick looks real clean i know it's also crazy to me because
2: like (laughs) that guitar is a year old now and i'm already like my next endorsement set are Uh, scheduled now already for me for the next ones and like I haven't played a show with it yet and I'm like I'm already gonna have other guitars after that
1: yeah that's how I feel about the Kiesel shit is I switched and I got stuff made and then I haven't played it at all Dude, um, <laughs> it's the worst Yeah, it sucks pretty hard But I'm excited to get back out there and throw my shit around But I started doing bass lessons recently um, I just had my second one with Chris Wiseman from Currents and Shadow of Intent And okay. it's been a lot of fun I'm trying to go back real, real tight, real strong I'm going to go full Bane mode Gain like 10 pounds of muscle Look like I've been doing steroids i going to be sick <laughs> People say 10 pounds of muscle, that's not that much. But when you look at me, that's a lot for me because I'm already so jacked, bro. Like, <laughs> honestly, you- like, what, you want me to be 200? You want me to be 5'7", 200? <laughs> I could do it, but that would be a lot. That would be dude, 17 pounds. I don't really think I want to go there. I was dude, looking, he, yeah. you would look ridiculous. It would be great. It would be pretty awesome. I Maybe I should do it. I should just do steroids. Why shouldn't I just do steroids, you know? I mean why not right i guess out of all the like quarantine drugs i could have done that would have been a decently productive one kind of you know yeah definitely
2: would have been productive
1: (laughs) yeah all right so first we are going to go back a little bit because i want to for everyone listening we had tyler on the show quite a while ago but i want to see kind of how your two stories tie up together um before we really get to this new single but were you in every passing dream as well uh yes actually i was the like the only original member of that band tyler wasn't even an original member <laughs> oh no shit <laughs> yep cuz i always uh, remember at the time when you guys were doing stuff i think the way that it times out is um warp tour 14 or 15 I think I started really hearing about your band um but you guys uh came came and went like pretty quickly I think you weren't really a band for that long if I'm correct
2: um every passing dream was a uh, band for like three years um and then I was in like a really really bad local band before that uh we all then, were. Uh, Yeah. It was like very bad, but I mean the, the story of Tyler being in the band is actually hilarious to me because, um, he, he did merch for us and we were playing a show in, at talent farm. I don't know if you ever played there in Pembroke pines. It was like a famous venue for like hardcore shows and stuff like that. Um, and, um, we were about to play and our vote there was a gas leak on the road that goes there and it's like in a really remote area so our vocalist was late and we were opening for like evergreen terrace i think and of course tyler knew every word to our songs already and we were like yo dude you're gonna have to do this because he's not gonna make it and he played the show with us and was great people loved it and our vocalist showed up like right as like uh we were about to finish and people were like walking out because they've all seen us before and they were just like man they sounded so much better with that guy and our vocalist quit that night <laughs> and that's no how Tyler shit. joined Tyler joined the band and we put him in the studio three weeks later to record a full length
1: that is a fucking awesome story I love yeah, it was, that um, it was definitely great yeah Tyler's got a little special something I'm sure it's hard to have him come out and surprise everybody and then not have it, you know, turn a couple heads and make you rethink some things. Um, Absolutely. Which is one of those things I love his confidence and I love the way he exudes himself on stage. I think that it's very rock and roll. And that's a thing that our scene doesn't have a lot of. And that's what gives you guys that alternative power. But you're also aiming for a different. Um, outcome I think for your band than a lot of other bands are coming from our scene like the new single that you sent to me which will be out tomorrow um, which I think you just sent me the file what's the name of it it's called burn it down Okay, I figured it would be something with fire Um, but it's a a heater it's a radio heater I love it Um, but yeah when you guys first so okay you're in every passing dream you do this band you're with Tyler now band comes to a halt you decide to end do you quit do you end it and start afterlife immediately did you already have a plan to do something different where were you so so we actually it's really crazy how we did it because
2: i think it was like the cleanest way i've ever seen someone i know i'm like tooting my own horn but it's like it was so clean the way we switched them over because so zach jones our producer we work with all the time he's phenomenal shout out Zach he's the best producer uh he came down because we did a tour with his band my enemies and I uh with every passing dream at the time and he was like hey I want to do your next record with you guys like we'll figure something out so we came to Florida and we started writing this record and it just like it didn't sound like every passing dream at all and we were like dude we really like we really like this because this is like something that we're really like happy with so we got to the point where we had everything done. We had music videos done, all that. And uh, this is when Jason Majo was about to pick us up. And we basically were like, well, we have to come up with a name for this. And that's when we found afterlife and we made this video. It's like the first video posted on our Facebook. Um, And it's like a video of Tyler walking out into like a field and digging like a hole. And then we like filmed him like in a coffin, quote unquote, with like a lighter. And it said one must die for another to be born. And that's how we like killed off every passing dream and started afterlife. So I thought it was really cool. Like the whole transition was awesome. In that's my fucking opinion. awesome.
1: When you transitioned bands, how did you transition members? Because Tristan wasn't a member of Every Passing Dream, was a Luke.
2: Yes. So Luke was a member of Every Passing Dream. It's funny because everyone in our band at some point has toured with our band, not in the band, like in Every Passing Dream. Like Tyler was our merch guy. We did a tour and then he became our singer. Uh, Luke went on tour with us when we were still like super DIY because he just turned 18 and got out of like high school and uh, he just came with us on tour for no reason. <laughs> and uh, Like, you know, that one guy. yeah, uh, He came with us and then he ended up in the band and then um, we had a we had a bassist in our, in every passing dream that was starting afterlife with us, but he ended up leaving our band to go to another band that ended up breaking up.
1: Um, Can and, we say uh, the band? I'm curious. Yeah. He, he
2: actually, he actually went to my enemies and I, Zach Jones's band. Um, and uh, I, I don't blame him. They were on some really cool tours at the time they did. They were doing like an I prevail tour when he joined. And I was like, I definitely understand. <laughs> yes. so, and We had no idea what we were going to do yet. Um, so, Once he left, we had a a dude named Stingjin that was in the band and he was cool. Not the one that you probably know from touring, um, but he was cool. But then he had a kid and we had Tristan fill in with us on a tour, like our third tour as a band. And when we got home from it, Tyler was like, oh, well, we got to figure out like a permanent basis. And me and Luke and and Tristan all really got along great. And so did Tyler with Tristan, but Tyler obviously being very methodical was like, oh, we got to figure out, like, a new basis. and me and Luke were just like, well, it's Tristan. There's no other question about it. He's an idiot, but he's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I remember him from when he played in Bloodline, when Bloodline yeah. first started, and um, uh, I like watching him on stage. I think he's a great guy. I like being around him. He's got a cool energy. He's got a fun energy, and, like, I think that it was the right move. I don't know. Maybe it was a fuck-up move. Maybe we could have a better basis than that fool. Oh, no, Tristan's
2: great. I I, shit. I would not want to have anyone else. And like you said before, he is
1: like very attractive, so it definitely helps
2: out a lot, too.
1: Yeah, that doesn't hurt to have like a real sexual man chocolate up there. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm into it. I want to start playing some attack attack now. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to become a crab. That would be pretty cool um what's what? what
2: what was your favorite song by attack attack
1: oh um probably like the smoke ahana's type shit i think um, the same yeah like that record was definitely my favorite um that was the one that had the like you know uh synthy thing before it and then just yeah 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 that's wow, yeah that shit was huge man i mean honestly like a lot of riffs still kind of sound like that so props oh definitely that. They... So, i've said it so much on this show but like if someone would just try to do it again just do it just one of you fucks that are listening to this show do it make your own attack attack it would be great. Well, they just they just came back again. They put out a single and stuff too. I know, but they sound like the like when Attack Attack was ending and then yes. onward. You know what I mean? Yes. I want someone to go back to the first record, copy it, do it in a different way. <laughs> copy single, it. <laughs> and then, you know, be a band. And that'll be sick. I would be really stoked on it. But what do I know? No, it's that's know. that's very true.
2: It's it's funny because like You know, if you look back at, like, the bigger bands in our world, like, everyone always tries to, like, you know, do the Architects or do the Bring Me or whatever. Um, But I feel like no one ever really captured Attack Attack good enough to, like, even have any kind of ground with it. Like, I feel like they were the only people that were able to pull it off.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that another band uh, doing it it would have a really difficult time. Um, It depends on how seriously they took it in regards to the music where... You know, I don't want to hear an attack attack song that's necessarily like trying to be super passionate, but maybe if they had a few, it could be cool. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, that band was a fucking anomaly, but yes. I don't know i don't know if it'll ever happen again i'm just glad screamo is coming back because screamo is tight dude actually that's funny that you mentioned that because i know you're managing uh
2: matt stokes uh emo yes, band sir. I, I, Everyone I was Hilaire. about to say i didn't know how to say the name so that's why i was letting you say yeah. it. but um it's actually really sick and i like it a lot and i uh matt is i've known matt since he was literally like 11 years old going to every passing dream shows he was our biggest fan. And that's I know good. he's going to be so mad that I said this. <laughs> but hey, That's okay. He, <laughs> he was, uh, he was upfront every show knew every word and watching him grind from like his like younger bands to like what he's doing now and writing for like poor Stacy and stuff is, is truly amazing. Like I literally watched him grow up into what he is now and he's doing a great job.
1: Yeah. It's pretty incredible, man. And it's funny without this podcast, I wouldn't be working with that band because I had heard Corpse Party and then um, my friend Marla Verdolini had uh, told me to, I had asked her what I should use as my mid-roll mosh for her episode. And she suggested Corpse Party. And I was like, you know what? I had listened to that. I'm going to go listen to it again. I was like, Jesus, this is so fucking good. And I had to hit them up and just ask, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? And then they sent Funeral, which is the latest single, and I sent it to my business partner, Jeff, and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've heard in a long time. Because I'm just a huge, huge Screamo fan. That's the stuff that yeah. I like. It's my favorite for sure. Like, I love metalcore. I love emo. But, like, I wanted to be Thursday. I wanted to be shit like that. So, Dude, when I hear yeah. a band that sounds like New Jersey in fucking 2004, I'm like, whoa what the fuck is this shit yeah uh, they are incredibly hardworking. getting to work with salem is really cool too because salem you know just is working on so many different projects at once it's really interesting to see all the different writing that's being created and um i just think they're an incredible talent the singer is so fucking good and You know, again, if we're going to talk looks and stuff, I mean, they're a pretty good-looking band. Um, Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's the thing is there's an authenticity to it. It doesn't strike me as... Because I was like an OG, me as the TikTok kids are calling it now, a senior citizen. Um, You know, I did this shit a long time ago and with all of my heart. And to now see it coming back as honestly really cool for me I, I thoroughly enjoy it and i fully back it and that's why i just want to see these bands take off i mean you, you know if i die first static dress see you space cowboy all this kind of stuff is fucking wild to me and it's my favorite so i'm all about it um dude yeah it's it's definitely really sick to see because like i think you
2: and i are the same age um i turned 30 in july so i'm I think 31 we're, like, the now, same but okay yeah, we're pretty close so, so i started going to shows when i was like <laughs> when I was super young, like I was like 12 or 13 going to shows, like I saw my chem play in a 500 cap venue. Crazy. And like I saw Fallout Boy play in a 300 cap venue, Paramore play at the same place. We had this legendary venue here called Rays, And yeah. that was what I grew up on. Like my MySpace URL was a Silverstein lyric. So I totally get what you're saying.
1: <laughs> exactly, man. That was my whole shtick. I think, you know, out of those three, the only one I saw in a small venue was Paramore. I saw them Open on a the Rocket Summer tour. It was the Rocket Summer, Daphne Loves Derby, Paramore, and I think Forgive Durden or something like that. Um, but man, that band's so fucking good. But the the South oh, yes. always had, especially Florida, anything from Poison the Well to Paramore. You had some pretty incredible bands that were creating Dude. music consistently. So it's not like you had a poor choice of bands to go see. And that was the same in the Northeast where we were kind of. We had that whole my chemical romance Thursday fucking thing going on, which was sick. Uh, oh man, this is why I don't drink while I do this show because I work the whole fucking time. Um, but the whole story of how you guys came together is pretty incredible, and I'm stoked on it. And it's, it, you know, how did you end up meeting up with Jason at the time? Because I know you guys aren't working Dude. together now, and you know we'll get to that. But, um, how did you guys meet?
2: So I'll spill the beans for this because, and Tyler's probably gonna be mad at me, but like, it's really funny because a lot of young bands probably don't even think of this like as an opportunity. But like when we first got the project done, we, so we shot two videos with Ori, uh, Ori nice. McGinnis. I'm sure, you know, yeah. uh, we shot those. We had the videos done, the EP done, the album artwork done, everything done before we even thought about talking to anyone. And, uh, we decided we were like, well, we're going to have an EPK, so We made like a website and, um, with all the information and we straight up emailed the Royal division info email and Jason got it. And immediately, immediately like, was like, yo, I really fuck with this and like hit us up and was like, Hey, do you want to get on a phone call? So that's how it happened. Like I know like a lot of people think like you have to have this connection here, a connection there, but we literally shot in the dark to see if it would work. And it ended up doing it because, um, if you ever talked to Jason about this, uh, there's a local promoter from here, Alex, um, And he always pitched every passing dream to Jason, like probably 10 times tried to get him to pick us up. And he was like, yeah, I don't really fuck with it. Like I just, I'm not, it's not my style. So it just never happened. And then we ended up shooting it to this email and that's, that's how they ended up picking us up. It was pretty
1: crazy. See, that's a perfect example of, when quality prevails. And yes. that's something that people think all the time is, you know, they want to skip some steps and just have it done in their friend's basement and, you know, half-ass it and the whole thing. And then they're like, well, why isn't my band fucking huge? Well, well there's, is. there's a great example, kids, that you just heard. When you actually put together a great press kit involving all things necessary that would make anyone have any that has any questions be interested in your band— so I don't have to hit you up. I can see where are they from. What are they about? Oh, they've got all this content. They've got videos made already. They got promos. Okay, man, fuck. Yeah, dude, it was not uh, too hard. Yeah, uh, it's it's
2: not. It just takes time and dedication and and, and money, obviously. Um, but it, even at that time, like we didn't spend as much money as you would think on what we made for stuff. So like, I hate when I see like younger people that are like starting trying to start bands or start music, and they're like, man, I can't like afford this. I'm like, dude, if you really like if you find like the right team of people, like the money doesn't matter as much as you think. And money goes a lot longer when you work with people that are actually as passionate as you are. So like, for instance, when Zach worked with us, like, dude, we, we were DIY band. We had no money. And like, he, he was like, listen, I really believe in this. So I'm going to take the project and and get this taken care of. This is before he was in LA or anything, obviously. But, uh, you know, he, 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 he did us a favor at the same time as like, Hooking us up, you know, and also uh we kind of came up together. It was really cool because, like, I don't know, I, I I've no, I he's now really hitting his stride. Sack. Oh, he's dude, you he know? is killing it right now, and it's it's insane. Some of the stuff he has coming out like over the rest of the year is like he's got when the people new grin hear that he did it. as
1: well. If I'm correct,
2: yes, he did, dude. So that song they put out a few months ago, Blind the Kings? no, the other one, the sun, the okay. bleeding sun, bleeding I think. sun. I, Um, so that song, Zach showed me that when we were in the studio and, uh, Zach used to like never smoke weed, but he smoked, he started smoking when he moved to LA. So we were like high as hell. And he was like, dude, you got to hear this Chelsea grin song. And I was like, why? He goes, there's a breakdown inside of a breakdown. And I was like, what do you even mean? And he showed me that song and there's literally two different breakdowns, full on instrumentation going on in that fucking breakdown. It blew my mind. I was like,
1: this is fucking crazy. And then he ended up getting the record. Yeah, I'm so excited for that because I've heard incredible things about him um, from Steven. And I really love what they did with those singles. I think they're super fucking good. And it's cool to see them and Northlane both as independent artists at the moment. Um, Which gets me to talking about something with you guys where, so you started working with Jason. You had all this stuff together quickly. You just put out one EP with um, Stasic, if I'm correct. Yes, we did. Okay. So, when did you guys just work out like a single licensing deal or something like that? What was the deal with that? Because usually bands are stuck to more than one release, especially if it's only an EP. So, I don't know like what, uh, you know, that I can say about it, but like we just got
2: like the luck of the draw and like by a happenstance, our deal just was ended after that. And it wasn't like they didn't like drop us or anything. Like they switched distributors and basically our contract wasn't like. Uh, active still I guess So cool. at the same time Hopeless was hitting us up And we're like oh this is awesome And we obviously had the option to stay But we went to Hopeless instead Which turned out to be great Because that team there has been incredible for us They did such a good job with our first record And they have some really cool stuff Lined up already for the new record So I'm very excited And I'm glad to be there Because like, we're one of the only heavy bands there So it's like really Absolutely. cool because we we don't get drowned in oppor- like it like our name isn't drowned behind five or six other bands for certain opportunities because we're like one of the only bands that are heavy. I think it's us and Lotus Eater now, and I think they might have one more. I I don't know. They uh they recently signed a bunch of stuff recently, so
1: Yeah, in regards to that, they've never had a lot of heavy bands. I mean, they had, you know, like Thrice on the subsidy label a long time ago. They had Avenge Sevenfold, but you just got a platinum record with that. Yeah, which is pretty incredible, man. Waking um, the
2: Falling just went platinum literally yesterday, Oh, no shit.
1: Wow. Good for them. I was just listening to an episode um, of Finn McKenty's podcast with their baseball Love sir, that John guy. Christ, and it was great. Yeah, he's been a real um, fantastic tool, I think, for the independent uh, world, and he's also been really kind to me the times that I've picked his brain over this year, and um, and that's the you know one thing that's been really nice about this year is I think a lot of people have been willing to um, reciprocate and you know answer questions and reach out and like make things uh, seem a little bit more human in such a fucked up year. So shout out to Finn yeah. in the punk rock yeah punk rock MBA. Go listen to it because I do <laughs> all the time. So you guys got through the stay sick shit, end up talking to hopeless, which is. Fucking awesome! Like we said, fantastic label with a ton of success. Everything from avenge Sevenfold to All Time Low. So there yeah. you go. Know. Which congrats to All Time Low for being like band of the fucking year and having a single that stayed like number one for the entire year. Fucking piece Dude, of shit. They just did Ellen too. Yeah, I saw it. It was awesome. It's crazy. I watched. I liked seeing Alex without the guitar. I thought it was kind of cool.
2: It's also crazy because that's a band that like. So my high school girlfriend, that was her favorite band. And like I was in the mode at that time. Like I was like, if there's no screaming, it sucks. And uh, she she made me listen to it all the time. And I love them. And I saw them in that same 300 cap venue with Hit the Lights and The Secret Handshake. And that's just like crazy to me because like I saw them there. Then I saw them at a 500 cap. Then I saw them at like uh thousand cap and then they were huge they played like an amphitheater here after that so that was like really cool to watch them grow i did the same thing with like a day to remember when i was younger like oh, i went I to shows imagine. where there was th- i yeah. went to shows where there was 30 people at the shows for them and then like every time it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and it was just like really cool to watch that like growth happen and then you know a little bit down the line same thing like with my band obviously not to the same scale in any way but like watching us grow from like Playing to thirty people, selling out our hometown show for the first show we ever played is afterlife. Like
1: wow, that was, like really cool to me. That's fucking sick. Yeah, that's super cool, man. Um, yeah my my fun all all time low used to play the Poughkeepsie area a lot because in yeah. uh, fifteen minutes from Poughkeepsie is a, a little city called Newburgh, and that's where this guy Marky started uh, Glamor Kills clothing. Yes, Glamor Kills, Glamor Kills. It was huge and. It really was all those emo bands at that time. And uh, I frequented Poughkeepsie. It was very interesting. But um, for me, the the fun all time low memory I have was because I loved that first EP and record. I I think the band is great overall, but I had specific fantastic memories with those two releases. Uh, Um, Put Up or Shut Up? uh yes i think so i think that's the, the green and
2: yellow album cover it has like yeah. the, the cartoons on it dude yeah yeah that's it, like my favorite record by them too the song coffee Shop coffee shop soundtrack
1: yes, exactly my favorite song so the warp tour of that summer i'm watching them play on a smaller stage and there's not a big crowd and it was pretty fucking cool but then all of a sudden you see this massive wave of people all going one direction, and Alex just says into the mic, like, "Oh, Under Oath's about to start. All right." <laughs> and then everyone goes and watches Under Oath, and they start just with uh, like in regards to self, and it was fucking bonkers. Like, dude, Oh, uh, what a band, dude. A I had some. Uh, yeah.
2: I have some crazy Warped Tour memories, like um. So Warped Tour in South Florida, you played in West Palm when you did Warped Tour. It used to oh, be yeah, in Oh, yeah, it fucking sucks. Yeah, it used to be in Miami at Bayfront Park, which is like on the water. Like, you can literally jump in the water from the park. And it's a beautiful place. And that's where they used to have it. And one year I was seeing, I, I, I was at Warped Tour. I was watching Every Time I Die, best band to ever exist. Yep. Um, and then I was going over to watch Underoath, And there was literally a water spout, like a tornado in the water like out there oh, and as nice. under earth was like playing they're like they're like super god noise like key sounds to start their set and like it was just crazy because like the sky
1: was turning black and there was like shit flying everywhere it was fucking nuts that's man. awesome <laughs> yeah playing warp tours in florida were tough just because we got rained out so much in terms of the music wouldn't stop but the merch would get destroyed and uh you just always oh, had to be on high alert on the florida dates but <laughs> i remember having another really nice fond memory of my first warp tour with the band which was my first official tour with the band and i had like quit smoking weed except for like occasionally with this one person <laughs> on the tour and you know overall i was like changing a lot of shit in my life and i had to do this like you know 3am to sunrise get to florida drive Oh, and the worst drive ever. I arrive, and I'm so shot. But then it's, like, sunrise, and there's the beach and the water. And I went and I called my mom and just, like, went for a walk. And I was like, yeah, this is the shit. This is cool. I don't care what was bothering me. And that's one of those things that I'll always have that moment in my brain. At least I hope so, unless I get hit really hard or something. But um <laughs> Yeah, it's I've I've got quite a few memories of Warp Tours in Florida. They were always a good time, but I wish we could go do it now. That would be fucking sick. Uh, yeah,
2: man, I wish we never got to do Warp Tour. We started hyping the last year of Warp Tour, so like that year we were Jason was pushing us super hard to get Warp Tour, and we were like we like just missed it because like we only had the EP out and it was already out for like eight months. So we were like, oh, well, you know, next year we'll probably get it and then they're like, oh, this is the last warp tour and we're like, oh, great.
1: <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder if it'll ever come back. It might. There's a chance. I mean,
2: I think that like as as much as warp tour is amazing, I feel like not having it was also like really cool because then there's a lot of club tours during the summer which we never used to have because so once warp tour happened, it's it's over with and there's nothing else. Like if you tour during the summer, basically you're going to flop. Um, so it's like as cool as it is, like it's cool now that there's so many club shows. And I feel like we're going to really appreciate that once uh, we get past the pandemic and we can have 15 tours going on at the same time. But there's no, I- I- any question in my mind, if we got offered to do uh, like another, if warp Tour happened again and we got an
1: offer, we wouldn't even think it. We'd just say, yep. No, oh for matter. sure.
2: We would definitely <laughs> do
1: it. We would just finally do it not in a van. Um, I,
2: yeah. I was actually smart. about to say, I was actually about to say, I don't know if you remember this, but one of the first times I actually met you was the day of the infamous bass break on Warp Tour. Oh no shit. <laughs> that was in South Florida when Hunter Alley was filling in for you guys.
1: Well, no, Hunter wasn't playing that day. Bobby played that day. Are you sure? Because I know that yeah, you guys he's play in the Warped video Tour with
2: Hunter. Oh, well, yeah, then it might. Hunter have been was with then. us,
1: though. I think he I was they were going to swap out like Bob was flying or something. I forget. Yeah, I'm pretty
2: but- sure that it was the South Florida show, because if that's not what happened, I know something else happened during the show that was that was crazy. Like, oh, no, what happened just now? But, dude, I always wa- loved like seeing fit before I was like friends with all of you guys, because Tyler put me onto the band forever ago when the first uh, record came out and uh then when we toured with you i was like damn i get to watch this band like every day this is sick
1: well thank you it it was very nice to get to watch you guys and tour with you as well and you know i'm glad we've all become good friends but it's it's pretty cool man warp tours were a hell of an experience yeah i broke my the strap twice it's just only on video once but we that could have been one of those days where you know what no okay Bob played, Hunter got piss-ass drunk with you guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys took both of our beers for the day because we weren't drinkers. So we were like, go ahead. And then I remember Hunter walking away with like the beers. And then when I saw him at like 3.30 or 4 when we yeah, played. Yeah, you guys were
2: playing at like 6 o'clock.
1: And he was fucked and trashed. Um, but he was having fun with his friends. What do you expect? Great time. Well, times.
2: first off. First off, I, I want to say yes, he was with us. But every single person that was with us told him, "Yo, you probably shouldn't do this right now." And he was like, oh, "I'll be fine." And then he ended up trashed. So it was fucking hilarious.
1: Yeah, dude, he's a silly dude. I wonder what I know. He's in California now. I don't know if he's playing in any bands or anything. Dude, he's know. in like he was
2: in yeah. like five bands for a while. Like he doesn't. He has a few hardcore bands that are really cool. Um, I don't know what they're doing right now, but uh, he was in that band Absence of Mind. They oh. had a they had a moment uh, right before. Uh, yeah, they in were doing well. dude. They put out that CD that reminded me of like Turnstile, and I was like, "Damn, this is sick." And then uh, I don't know what happened. Obviously, the pandemic ruined so many things for all these different artists and stuff.
1: But well, uh, that's why hopefully it's they're perk- still around. You're also on the younger side of your career, where in terms of the band hasn't, you know, been going too long, where you still have so much to look forward to. Um And I don't, you know, it fucked up definitely all of our tour cycles, but the excitement for the tours coming back is going to be massive. So now it's just, what do I do? Who do I play with at, when I return? So um I'm excited to see what you guys do, just because your possibilities are so wide open. You can tour with bands like ours and Ice Nine Kills, but you could also go and tour with a band like nothing more and it would make sense.
2: Dude, yes, yeah, so like um, so our new record is like I know it's so cliche to be like, it's so much different. Like it really is different in like the way that no one would expect because like the heavier songs on the record are by far heavier than anything on our last record. And then the softer songs on the record are miles softer than like anything on the last record as well. So it's like it's, like, a weird dynamic that I think we just, like, nailed. And, like, I know, again, it's very cliche to say, like, it doesn't really sound like anything else, but, like, it it, it really doesn't. Like, I can't think of anything. Like, I can't, like our first EP when it came out, it's like, oh, sounds like a Park kind of. Like, you know, I totally understand yeah. that. But, like, this record is, like, I don't know. I'm going to see if Tyler will send you
1: the whole record because it is
2: – definitely very different for us
1: now this single where would you put it in the light to heavy meter
2: uh that song i would put like if it was like a one to ten ten being heaviest one being softest i'd probably put it around like a six um we have we have two songs on the record that are like i i don't know we've never we've never put out a song like as heavy as these two songs that are on the record are um even in like my old band and that was like a mosh band uh so that i'm really stoked about that um because like i don't know we've always done really weird stuff like using like a lot of octave down tunings and stuff and we just like uh we just found like a groove on like some of these heavier songs and like when we were writing the record we were kind of like nervous at first we're like yo is this like way too heavy and then like once it was all done we're just like wow this is like exactly what we wanted it to be
1: that's sick man yeah i mean And speaking of adding heavy things, it was cool when you re-released PSA with Rio on it, because I thought that was a really nice addition to it. Um, Shout out to my boy Rio from Crystal League, because he's the fucking goat. Um, He is the goat. Have you seen that band live yet? Um, So I saw them live on their first U.S. tour.
2: We had a day off on our tour we did in January of 2019. And we were playing in Grand Rapids the next day. So we got to see them at one of my favorite venues, the intersection. I'm sure you played there. It's fucking amazing. Were they Um, headlining or were they with ABR? They were with ABR. Oh, I was on that tour. And Jason was managing them. Yeah, we we hung out with you guys. Um, And Jason was managing them, obviously. And he told us, he's like, dude, you guys are not going to believe how good this band is when you see them. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, he's like, He's like, it's hard to follow them up every day because they're so good. And I was like, yeah. all right, well, well, we'll see. And then we watched them play, and I was just mind blown. That whole show was, that whole tour package was perfect. But I was just mind
1: blown watching that band play. It is time for the mid-roll. Ah! do you want to work with your favorite artist maybe a vocalist for a sick feature like JT Covey of Era Shane Told of Silverstein or maybe Telly from The Word Alive need some extra shred on that track or song that you've been working on maybe Nick Nocturnal from Termino or Dan Sugarman or Daniel Gailey from Fit for the Kings should be sweeping all over it Maybe you're looking for live or MIDI drums to complete that record that you've been working on, like someone like Tanner Wayne from In Flames or Austin Archie from Lorna Shore. You can go to FeaturedX.com and share your music with some of the best in the scene. It takes just a few minutes and you may get to collaborate with your favorite artist. We also have now added graphic designers, photographers and videographers. You can find someone great in your region to work with or have your merch designed by some of the best. For instance, if you like for a king's merch designs go work with jim hughes go now to featured and create the ultimate song do it now all right well 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 this week's song for the mid-roll mosh is the price of grace by convictions now i told them i would play it but only if i could rip on them a little bit and here's why I remember a few years back getting tagged in a Facebook video where they had a new song and pretty much copied the Warpath breakdown or some shit, and I was like, all right, there aren't that many quote-unquote faith-based core bands, so let's, you know, not rip each other off, plus, I mean, come on, we're fit for the kings, (laughs) you know, so then i see this song and i'm like what they put out the price of agony that's our song that's a really good song some would say it's a hit i would um but nonetheless i listen to this song and it's called the price of grace um honestly it's pretty damn solid a nice range of vocals from the screamo and the singo sounds pretty damn good in the chorus I think that this is the best conviction song that I've heard. Uh, the ending breakdown was also pretty gosh darn heavy, too. Overall, Convicts, I'll give it to you. It's a solid tune. And I appreciate you letting me be a little bit of a jerk and rip on you a little bit. But all love and I appreciate you reaching out. Okay, here we are, you jabronis. The Price of Grace by Convictions.
0: I'm in denial Lost in the settings of your silence Lost in the settings of your silence They found the note you left behind And the lethal dose you took night. We lost sides When the race went was with multi Your diamonds and diamond to suicide. You deserve to survive. I know you may not ever get the chance to hear this, but I just wanted to tell you that I love you. One last time. I've never felt so alone. I don't know why you did it. Didn't you just say something? Why didn't you warn me? Can't even go back home. Because you're not there anymore. You're my brother. I would've done anything for you. I miss you. What happened to brothers forever? You said we'd grow all together. I'm reaching out to the heavens. Can you hear my voice? How can I live on knowing that this was your choice? I will carry. The day, day, day.
1: that was one of my favorite tours ever we call every abr tour the best tour ever just because we have such a good time um and they really know how to take care of their support
2: yeah, but, they um, they seem super hospitable. Like that's that's the one thing I got that vibe from. Like, you yeah. know, like when you when you're on tour with a band that big, like you would think like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna take up all this room on stage and like do this and that and like basically say figure it out. But it looked like they like went above and beyond to make sure everyone else was as comfortable as possible at all times. You know?
1: Oh yeah, man, they were great. Um, <laughs> it was it's always a pleasure to be with those guys. I mean, we've done two of their headliners and a warp tour or two together. That's awesome. They're just really, really nice fellows and they always hook it up. But getting to watch crystal Lake open that shit every day was just fucking brutal. It was like chaos every day, dude. I remember when I first found out about that band, when they like,
2: before they had any hype over here, I I saw the Roland cover or the Roland, is it Roland? Um, and, uh, I was like, dude, this is crazy, and like they were already huge in Japan at that time, but no one, no one knew them here, really, you know. And then when Jason brought them here, you know, at first he was like, he was like, man, I think they're really going to rip here. I was like, dude, I thought they would have ripped here five years ago if they came, but now that they're coming, it's even better for them, you know.
1: Perfect timing because the record they released at the time, Helix, when they were coming over here, just it it was so refreshing. And it was unlike anything we had all listened to at that moment. And I think that that kind of stuff led the way into like now hearing um, some of these other like really refreshing acts come out like a spirit box. It's why they all kind of get associated together in some capacity other than featuring on each other's songs as, Yeah, It just kind of all flows into this refreshing new wave of music that's coming and that's going to circulate through the tours. Um, And I'm really excited for it because as a music fan, I only want to go see tours that I love and listen to bands that I love. But I also don't want to see the same shit every fucking weekend. Dude, exactly. There's going to be a really, really cool new tours, I think, um, by the time that we're all able to get back out on the road um are you guys going to be touring in the fall you think um i know we're looking at like september 1st onward like i'm fucking game
2: yeah i mean uh so here's the funny thing is like technically we could play shows in florida right now if we want to there's rap shows every weekend with thousands of people at them obviously we would never do that um because it's ridiculous yeah it's been happening
1: in Florida for six months (laughs)
2: yeah exactly like uh, my roommate he uh he he runs like a festival blog and he shoots like a bunch of rap shows and stuff and he went to a show the weekend of the election which is in November and there was 8,000 people there like how like how does that happen and then we are just
1: country's done it too though
2: oh yeah country's done it for sure too
1: no wokeness is what happened to our scene and which is good. <laughs> that's it is a good thing, um, and that's why we didn't play. Is it was the ridicule that would come would cancel your band, inevitably making that one or two shows that you were doing just to pay your rent at that time. You know, no, not, not worth even it, worth it. Which, exactly, you know, it stinks in one way when you look at it from the sake of man. I'm just so desperate. I just really need some fucking money. Please, can I just play? But if you're doing it just for the sake of playing and, like, stirring the pot and being a dickhead, I don't feel any sympathy for you. Either way, I'm glad everyone was responsible and didn't do it. I I can't think of one band that I was, like, oh, I'm glad, like, or that that played that pissed me off or anything, but...
2: Yeah, that's that's one thing that I like, (laughs) is that, you know, uh, our whole scene took, like, a unanimous stance. Like, there's not even, like... There's not like, I know that there's those idiots out there that are just morons that are in our scene, but like none of them made their voices loud enough to like try and still do something when everyone else is suffering. And that was like my biggest gripe. And it was like really hard pill for me to swallow when uh, Florida started reopening. And like, I have some friends that play in like bar bands here and stuff. And like seeing them play these shows and like start playing and stuff was like, it made me really mad. Like, I definitely tweeted some shit that, like, got me in trouble with some friends. Like, like because it pissed me off so much that there was other people playing music when the actual music industry isn't doing shit, you know? And it was like, it, it really did get to me for a while. But yeah, I'm just glad that, that. that we waited, that yeah. uh, our whole scene unanimously decided that we need to wait. Because I think that if, if everything went back to normal way quicker than it is, then
1: we would have probably been in a way worse situation by now, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I don't, you know, like I've said on the show many times, I hardly passed science in high school. I actually failed two reasons <laughs> and had to retake them. So just showing how little I truly know. Um, but that's why I just sit, sat back and kind of, you know, went with the flow of things and just did what I had to do to get by. And I think, When we get back to shows, it's just going to be so great. We're going to appreciate it that it's going to be like, well, whatever, it'll make up for that one shitty year. But your band really has the opportunity now with having fresh new material, whole new record done by a badass producer. Like, y'all are going to pop when this shit comes out. Now we're hearing a single in a week, but when's the record drop, or can you not really talk about that yet? It's not that i can't talk
2: about it it's the fact that we literally have no idea what they're trying to do right now because at first we were going to so originally when we went into the studio we went in and so we actually i don't know if tyler touched on this at all but like we had it really bad for what we had to do during the pandemic because like it was perfect timing for us because we were coming off cycle because we we finished touring in december of 2019 and we were going into the studio in February. So we were already not going to be touring, anyways. Um, we went to the studio February 29th into LA, and we were there for we were supposed to be there for six weeks to do the whole record. Uh, we got about two weeks in, and they shut everything down in LA. We had an Airbnb on Melrose, which I'm sure you've been there before. Oh. There was literally no one at all. Like it was, ter- it was actually terrifying. Like the whole time there, like we didn't know what we were going to do. And our Airbnb was telling us we had to leave. And then we were being told that the airports were going to get shut down and we couldn't buy masks anywhere. They didn't have any masks anywhere. We were literally like tying shirts around ourselves. And like we like when I flew home, I literally had to like steal a mask off the de- off the thing at Walgreens that they had for the employees because like I didn't have a mask to get on our flight. So I literally like reached over and grabbed two of them for me and Luke. <laughs> wow. And um, and it was like. It was really scary because like we had like, you know, we we stocked our Airbnb and stuff like with food. And like we went to the stores and like everything was gone. And then we had to stop the record in the middle. And then Zach came here to Florida for two weeks to do some more of it. And when Zach came here, it was literally the week that George Floyd was uh, murdered, obviously. Oh, no. Um, So we went from pandemic to, um, you know, taking some time off in the studio because we went to a couple protests um, in, in West Palm beach. And then we went back in September to do like the last, last little bit of it. So it gave us some time to like really sit back and make sure we loved everything, which is really cool. But it's also it's like also a double lot ed- of heavy
1: stuff to go through.
2: Yeah, it was. And it's also like a double egg sword though, because like, I'm sure, you know, as a musician, especially like the people that you're surrounded with, you know, the longer you sit on something, the more that you're like, damn, I really hate this. So there was definitely a lot of the stuff that we were doing that like we thought was super sick when we wrote it. And then by the time we got to our next studio session, we were already like, all right, here's all the things we're going to change about it. So like, yes. it's good. It was great to have that, have that opportunity. But like at the same time, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like you get to the point where you're nitpicking stuff. Like, do you think this symbol sounds weird at 32 seconds? And I'm like, dude, like we just got to stop. <laughs> and so we all stopped listening to the record, like what we had at that point uh for a little while and then we when i went back with tyler um we finished up the last bit of the record tyler got all the vocals done and everything literally the last minute of us working is like when it and when we finished it like we thought we were gonna have to book like another session and uh it was really cool because we had like so many different minds like come through and work with us like we had we have a song that we did with drew folk um my boy record uh we did a song That Telly came and helped us out with from the Word Alive. No shit, Um, that was amazing. And then Jimmy from a Thousand Below came and helped us on a on a couple songs with uh, working with Tyler and stuff too, which was really cool. So we just love the collaborative effort for things, and I feel like our world hated that until like this
1: year. So it's like really cool to see like people actually collaborating. Yeah, I know it's crazy. You would think someone might start a business to make a bunch of people do it, Uh dude. Exactly, and I I love featured X. I think that's like the coolest idea
2: because, like, dude, when I was like in a local band, I know that like that's not like the main like platform for that, but like we had in every passing dream, we had a feature from Daniel McCorder from Gideon. We had a Gus Farias feature from Volumes, Fuck yeah. and then we had uh, a Dahlia, which is the best metalcore band that ever didn't make it. Yes. Um we had their vocalists on our record, so like at that time, we had to do we had to like basically beg to get that stuff it's and odd. now it's like yeah now it's like so accessible and like you know everyone can record now like at that time we literally had to wait till they played in our area and like take them to the studio so it's like and it, and you know touring you don't want to go and sit in a studio for three hours 100%. after you were just driving for 12 hours you know yes. like it, it it does definitely get annoying but seeing featured x is like is really cool to me because like it's something that i always was like damn i wish you can just like go online and pay someone to just do this,
1: <laughs> you right? know? That was what my business partner Jeff said. And then I was like, that's the best idea you've ever had. And then I called people, and then we made it. And it, dude, yeah, it's been a pleasure. We've made over 300 songs now through the platform. And that's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy cool to see. Like, people are super, you know, having fun with it and reaching out to Um, You know, multiple artists, like, say, if they get turned down by one, not being bummed about it, going and asking someone else. Because also, people just got crazy schedules, you know what I mean? Like, some people are working on records, working on videos, working on their own shit, so they just can't do a song right now. So it's not like they're getting declined because it's negative. But we have, like, about a 44% approval rating, which is pretty cool. Um, So, uh yeah, I was gonna ask you who's like the most popular person on X if you don't mind saying, or is that like something you don't want to? Ah, say? Kellen Quinn, Kellen Quinn. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, uh, you know, there's a few that are you know, Kellen gets a lot of offers, um, but there's a you know, a good chunk of people who all consistently get a lot of offers, um, you know, like Spencer Charnis, Shane Told, oh, of um, Andy Sizik, Rio, Brendan Murphy. Um, you know, a bunch of people where maybe it's not like consistently getting a fuck ton of offers, but a couple every month or so. um that's awesome, and that was the goal where it was like, well, if you just sing like a song or two a month, you'll like pay your rent and shit, dude, like yeah, exactly it's really fine, so um, it's been cool to see, yeah, Callan just has kept his price so affordable that the amount of offers he's gotten is pretty crazy but dude that's um, crazy and that's just the, imagine being a huge sleeping with sirens fan and you get to have kellen sing on your song for like a thousand bucks that's super fucking cheap you get to own that shit for the rest of your life that's better than any vip thing you will ever gonna buy
2: dude i agree with you on that and that's the funny thing because <laughs> i remember when Fe- Feature first dropped. I remember seeing people that aren't in bands, aren't like, like have never toured or anything. Like at first be like, how do these people justify what they charge for this? And I was like, I was like, dude, do you not understand that? Like $300 of whatever they're doing immediately goes to like recording time. If they're, if they're not recording it themselves, yeah. you know, like, you know, you have to pay for that. You have to pay for this. Like, dude, I would have killed to be able to say, and oh, here's a thousand dollars. My favorite vocalist to be on our song. Like, I, that's no question. I would have right. made it happen at that time, you know?
1: For sure, man. And the other thing is, you know, these same people who are saying that, one, they're saying that, you know, about... It was frustrating for me to see people say that about people that they claim are their favorite singers. And then, two, if you look at it from the flip script, which is like, you know, rap... You're you know, a massive artist in rap, or not even that big of an artist is charging 50 to hundred thousand dollars for reverse.
2: Dude. I can tell you so. right now, I have a friend that manages a few rappers and they're definitely on the smaller end, but like even the features that they do, um, you know, they, I mean, they have a good following or whatever, but like even the features they do are like astronomically more expensive than what yeah what you guys have on your site, and it's like, it's just crazy I me and I'm so glad that you added designers, um, you know, specifically for the smaller bands that like are always like super stoked when they see like merch uh, and not tooting our own horns here, but like you guys always having sick ass merch, us always having really good merch, like other bands. And then like, you know, you'll play a show where an opener will open or play like a local date. And like, they'll come up and be like, yeah, this merch is crazy. And like, you know how we all are. We don't want to give away who we
1: work with or what have you. And now,
2: Now you have your option to figure it out yourself and pay these people through a site and get it all done the right way.
1: Yeah, and now, you know, in the past, I definitely remember when everyone... I remember I thought everything was a big secret. And then (laughs) eventually I find out that it's like... Oh, no, there's like, if you know like 10 people, you can pretty much make it in metalcore. Um, and, <laughs> Dude, you know, it's the truth. It's
2: you know, the truth. You have meet a solid
1: people. <laughs> yeah, you know, you meet a couple good ones and you'll be okay. And that was the thing is with how many times I've been asked, like, man, fit merch is fucking sick. Who does it? Well, the guy who does it is my friend. So I also yes. want my friend to make money. Because money is fucking sick. And this whole thing is just about, well, like, I like my friends, and my friends have a skill. And they could make money. And the only thing that changes it is, like, you know, we took a little responsibility, I guess, you know, where... yeah. And when labels and stuff like that or people you know have issues with it they have to kind of talk to me like they can you know yell at their own artist or whatever if they want but even in that response mostly they don't get in trouble they're just like hey can you like slow your roll a little bit like you know we're letting you do this just don't do it too much and then yeah i think that's a happy medium you know but yeah it's been fun thank you for complimenting it i I appreciate it and it's Dude. been a real pleasure to work on this year and to talk to so many friends and shit so yeah yeah exactly man and it's
2: like i don't know it, it's we have always been a band that's like we love putting on our boys like or 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 women whoever it is you know because you know sarah tours with us or whatever um but like it like for instance like zach like if anyone ever asked me like, you know, where, where would you record if you could, it's always like, that's the first name out of my mouth. I tell everyone I've always done it. And like, that's what happens. Or like when we tour with other bands and we have Sarah with us, we, before a tour, we'll always hit them up and be like, Hey, if anyone needs front of house, like our front of house has no problem doing it. Like on the miss may I tour, she was mixing us and thousand below and she was renting her board to word alive the whole time. So like, you know, she made a bunch of money and, she's
1: partners with the gentleman who does sound for wage war shelby they are they are boyfriend
2: and girlfriend yeah yes they are not like uh business partners if that's what you meant no i meant partners
1: in terms of the just you know uh, the current social correctness or whatever um yes of course are they thems if you will yes um which you know, it's just one of those things I am um, attempting to be more respectful on, and you know, of which I also don't get offended if anyone else speaks another way, like as long as it's not derogatory or bigoted. Oh, um, of course. But gosh, you know, let's just run through the gambit real quick, and let's just talk about social structure. Okay, um, yeah, <laughs> no, that's down. cool. I've, I've heard, I've met Shelby once at I Matter Festival like, two years ago or so, and it was a real pleasure. Dude's a wizard, and I've heard... He is. Um, ...awesome things. Um, so that's cool. That's super sick. Also, I was going to ask you, how is... It, we, you brought it up a little bit earlier, but the serious side of things, like serious octane and stuff, seems to have been very beneficial for your band. Like, Throat did pretty yes. fucking good on there. Uh, um, dude,
2: throat, throat was amazing on there. We had more spins than you would ever think, because... Um, I mean, I don't know. You guys did XM play on the last record, right? Yes, you had we hits? had
1: uh, Price of Agony and Locked. Maybe maybe uh, Breaking, the Mir- Breaking the Mirror also was on it. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: Okay, so if, if you know, like, when you get put on there, you get, like, a limit of, like, you know, we're going to spin it this many times, and if they don't like it, then fuck off, um, which is fine. That's obviously how it should work so that yeah. they don't keep music on the test. air that no one cares about um and when we put out throat like it did the test drive and it slammed and then they put us into accelerator because it was doing really well and they were playing like four or five times a day and like we were getting pictures every day from like family that has it and like that's when my dad finally like accepted the band (laughs) dude my, my my dad and my mom they both are extremely supportive of of letting me think for myself, do what I want to do with my life. Like they were never the ones to tell me what to do. Um, but there was a point for sure where they were like, Oh, you want to do like the band thing? Like, what are you doing? And like when my dad heard us on Sirius XM and his truck, that was the day that everything changed for, for like our relationship with like that. And like ever since he, he just is like the biggest supporter of the band. he, Shows everyone he knows the band, and and it's it's really awesome to see because like if you were to ask like Tyler or something, my dad used to like hate the fact that we were doing like the band stuff, and like once he heard it in the car on the radio, and then we had like a we did a, a tour of the uh, NHL facility, um, the NHL tonight the, where they shoot all the yeah. the pregame stuff, like they let us come because of the band. And after that happened, my dad's like, that's it. This is the coolest shit ever. And he like
1: jumped right on the train. So it was like fucking awesome.
2: (laughs) Yeah, dude. It was like, it was, it was very good. Shout out to my dad. I love him. He's a very
1: good man. No, that's super cool, man. And luckily, I've been blessed to have very supportive parents when it comes to everything in my life, especially when it comes to music. And I know that um, that definitely can help to push you when. Times are tough, and you just need—I don't know, man. I'm one of those people that just on my hardest days and on my best days, first people I'm like, I got a call, my parents because they're my fucking friends. I love them; they're great. Um, Good for you. That's fucking cool that your dad got to hear your band on the radio. What an accomplishment! Yeah,
2: dude. Actually, it's like um, it's funny because when I was like a kid, like I I didn't play. I started playing guitar when I was like 12 or 13, um, but I played violin in. In, like elementary school oh. and my family was uh not not the most well off so i had to like rent one through the school and i didn't like own one because violins are dummy expensive yeah. and um like i was gonna go to like the middle school of the arts here and i just decided like i don't want to leave my friends i like to play sports like i stopped doing that and um my dad wanted to buy me a guitar for christmas and i have these grandparents that like spoiled the absolute shit out of me and my sister and they bought me a guitar the same year after my parents got divorced and my dad was livid about it because he wanted to get me a guitar like so i could like play it Now i i never really cared about it at first and then uh he got me one a little bit later on and that's when i like that he got me an electric guitar and that's when that like clicked for me and i started yeah. like
1: getting into it oh that's sick again go dad that's fucking awesome I'm sure that, you know, as this thing grows, he will probably hear your band on the radio a few more times as well. Um, (laughs) Well, we got got some other things that we're trying to
2: work on right now that are like, that once it, if it happens, my dad will be like going crazy about. So that is like the thing that I'm waiting for. Uh, We've been talking with, uh, I don't know how to say it, but uh, we've been talking with like the Miami Dolphins here and me and my dad have season tickets. So hopefully... Mm. They play our music like in stadium during a game. And oh, that would if be that fucking hap- sick. If that happens, then that's it. I'm done. doesn't matter anything else. My dad will think the band is the coolest thing for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, you could, <laughs> you <laughs> could quit at that point and you'd feel okay about it. Yeah, my dad would be very <laughs> sick. No shit. Yeah, that would be fucking sick, man. And you guys are with Scott Lee now as well?
2: Uh, yeah, we, uh, we've been uh, working with Scott since... Uh, the pandemic start or right before the pandemic started when we switched from Jason.
1: Um, And uh, yeah, he's helped us out a ton uh, up to this point. Very cool, man. Yeah. I'm sure he can hook you up with some fun things in regards to that kind of shit. But I dude, I can't wait to hear the rest of this album. I mean, I I know that this latest single is definitely going to smash and do well on serious. Like it's a fucking heater, no pun intended, Um, which when you I, hear the song, everyone will get why I'm saying no pun it. Yeah, and when you see the video, that's the funny part is that the video will
2: also make sense with that. But um, I was going to say that the next single is the next single is the one. If you ask me, the next yeah. single is is the song that will be everywhere. Hopefully, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, you the know, one after I'm very pro
1: pyro as well. Like my band, <laughs> is all oh, about yeah. the fire,
2: dude. Let me tell you this. When we did this music video, there's a shitload of pyro in it. I don't care. I know that they'll hear this right before it comes out. Um, but uh, uh, when we did the pyro and we were performing with it, me and Luke looked at each other and we're like, we can never play a show without this ever again.
1: <laughs> like, is we it not it. the coolest shit <laughs> Dude, ever?
2: It is really cool. And it's funny because uh, I wish we... So Anna, that came on tour with us with you guys, yeah. our photographer, um, she came and did behind-the-scenes footage, uh, like like pictures and shit, um, but she didn't do video, but it was hilarious because the first time we went through, uh, we were about to like start. Uh, there were supposed to be two pyro uh, three-bangers behind Luke, the ones that have like the three shots, yeah. and um, right before we started, they daisy-chained those together with the two that are behind me and Tristan, which are just single shots, and when you plug them all into the DMX, the single-shot ones are just on and off, and the three banger you could do like one two three one two three one two three, and when they daisy chained them all together, they just stayed on. And if Luke was on his drum set, he would have burned to death. Probably not to death, but he probably would have caught on fire.
1: Yeah, that would have <laughs> been pretty cool though. Like, uh, you know, his hair's <laughs> all on fire, and he's all like, Ah, my hair's <laughs> on fire. What? And we're dude, like, that would dude. And he's like, Dude, shit. Yeah, you know, I think that would be pretty funny. cool. Yeah, I like the the picture that's on your Spotify now. You guys look hard as fuck. Oh, you caught that. Yeah. That's tight. Y'all look <laughs> nice. mad fire. We just fire, started a uh, we started putting those
2: up and uh just didn't say anything about it obviously. So, I'm glad that you caught that. That's good. You have a very
1: good eye. Dude, sometimes I look at things before I interview people. Sometimes <laughs> I even look at things while I interview people. That's why I like not doing the camera even though we were going to do Um, face-to-face, which was going to be fun, because I was like, I'm going to have a drink with Andrew. It's going to be cool. Dude, I wish. You know, know, I have. It's just without your face. But, you know, no lesser, but it's okay. I can handle it. Um, Yeah. Dude, you brought this up a while ago, so I appreciate your patience and actually waiting for it, but I'm glad we waited until there was actually, like, a song or something to do. Cause you guys chilled out for a good chunk of this pandemic period, which I'm sure was nice as well. Well, you were just yes. working on shit. You weren't chilling. You were having a uh, terrible time trying to make a record, but you, were-
2: uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a feat to be honest with you. The whole, to be honest, to get our record done. Like I really wish, so I've always been, and I'm sure that you're the same way. Um, I, I grew up on watching like, like shit happens, like the DVD, uh, yeah. from every time I die. Right. And like, the one from uh, like Black Dahlia Murder. And like, I grew up in that area where like you yes. saw all this stuff that goes on behind. And I New always England wanted to do like- New
1: DVDs, hell yes. DVDs, yes. Dude,
2: exactly. So I always wanted to do like a documentary of like the studio time and everything because like it's such a crazy process that fans don't really understand. Like they, they, they might think like, oh yeah, you're in a room with like some people and you're writing music and stuff. But like, dude, they don't realize that like sometimes like those ideas hit you like- at 3 a.m. and everyone just decides to get up and starts working on shit again like you know and i I wanted to do one for this record and right as the pandemic started to heat up we were like like as we were flying to la we were like uh probably not a good idea to like fly anna out like just in case she gets stuck here with us Uh, like we didn't want her to be stuck away from her family and shit and um like we just didn't end up doing it and i was like damn i really wish we would have done this because like uh, everyone could say that like they had the pandemic pretty hard, but like trying to do a record during it, like at the like specifically during the pandemic, and like having to like make a makeshift studio here in Florida for Zach to work with us, and like um, having to fly back and forth to LA during a pandemic to an area that's like the worst place you can go for the pandemic is like it was just so yeah. much work, and I honestly wish we could have done it because that's like the coolest shit to me. And like I still watch Shit Happens. I think that's the best band DVD ever made. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. If you could find it somewhere, and not you, anyone. Yeah, the
1: people. I'm sure they could find it on YouTube at this point. Hopefully, if not, the Merch Now web store might still have it. Um, but they got that to was. Me. I worked at Merch Now for like a a year or two, and um, that was the stuff I always wanted to buy when I was leaving. Yeah, I would, I would get. I still grabbed a couple because um, they have so many things that aren't on the website anymore that are incredible as well in regards to like old DVDs and shit, which is super sick. Like all the Hellfest DVDs and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, so I actually,
2: I actually had two questions that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Hit me podcast. Because like I said before, you and I are like the same age. So we like grew up through like the same like time of the scene where we were like fans before we were bands Yes. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is the band you've seen the most times? Like, at, like not counting like on tour or anything. Who's the band you paid to go see the most?
1: I think thrice. Do you know how many times, or a guesstimate? Um, it would be them or under probably around like just like five, five, five or five, yeah, five or six. Bro, um, that's that's funny. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Who is really the number one band I've seen the most? That's tough,
2: man. Dude. So normally I think it would be tough, but I've seen every time I die 33 times and I've never once played like a tour with them. So that's like mine. Yeah, I've seen I see them like every, every time I die. Dude, I'm telling you right now, my like one of my bucket list things is like playing their E-Tig Christmas. Like I would do anything to play that.
1: <laughs> That's like All right. one of the bucket list shows for me. Dude, the last one, wasn't the last one with Glass John shit? The last and, like, one was with Up like Glass Kids? John,
2: like Ghostface Killer or something like that. Like, yeah, something Ghostface insane. Killer,
1: the Get Up Kids.
2: Yeah, it was like three days.
1: Shit. I've also, every time I die, I've seen that band a lot. Um, oh, I
2: mean, you're from New York, so I'm sure you've seen
1: them a million yeah. times. Yeah, I've, that could actually be the band I've actually <laughs> seen the most. But, um, yeah, that's a tough question. I'm really trying to think back on, like, who I paid to see the most.
2: Well, I mean, even if you didn't pay, like, you went to the show anyways, but, like, you yeah. know, I mean, obviously your perks change as you start to become a band guy, so, like, I'm sure you haven't paid for a show and. In- well, a very
1: long time. Jeff, who's my business partner with Feature X, and he managed, him and I managed Left to Suffer, The Gloom and Corner, and, and L'Exquisite Dolera together as well. Um, we've been best friends for like 15 years, and he was the promoter in Poughkeepsie. So, yeah, yeah. he's been letting me into shows since I was like 18. I haven't, I dude. Didn't, when I went that's to so the shows in Poughkeepsie, I didn't really pay, but because. Him and I just had a similar background where we both grew up in the same like one horse town called Red Hook, and I he booked shows at an Alex at the Red Hook Elks Lodge when he was in high school, and then okay. I did it when I was in high school, and then he was like, "Who the fuck are you?" And then we became friends, and he like kind of took me. That's to awesome. Swing. So yeah, I think you know. Other than that, like that whole fucking era of glamour kills shit. Like all time low, well, I've seen that band so many fucking times. There was a local band called Just Surrender that I've seen. Oh, dude. I know Just Surrender. That's fucking awesome. Dude. I used to love that band when I was younger. Yeah, I love that band. I've opened for them a lot. I've seen them so many times. Um, yeah, that kind of shit. That's tough. Yeah. Man.
2: Dude, it is yeah. a tough question, man. I asked this to a lot of people, like my friends and stuff, because I don't know. I was like... I don't know if you feel the same way about this and this is something that I've always wanted to talk to another band person about but like being in a band like kind of ruined music for me like as a fan because like when I go to a show all I could think of is like, even if it's like something huge like all I could think of is like damn how much you think that production was or like damn that snare sounds like shit or like fuck this is annoying like it, it really did that to me and honestly if there was like one of those like take this pill and this happens like mine would be to be able to go back to a concert as a concert
1: goer with no knowledge of the music industry see i don't i don't really have that problem for me personally so i have two ways that i view shows i guess three ways one find the sound guy stand near the sound guy have a beer in hand and just enjoy i love to sit down and watch. Like <laughs> I seeing, love like, to sit. <laughs> if I'm, yeah, like if I'm watching like Manchester Orchestra at oh, of the course. Palladium, yeah. at like I, me and my um soon-to-be wife, we went to the Palladium in Worcester to see Manchester Orchestra, and like got That's a amazing. hotel and like sat up in the balcony and just watched them kick ass. And it was fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah, like you know, I like to do that, but. You know, even, I guess the only thing to relate in, like, what you were saying is, for instance, when I went and saw Architects, I did what I said where I stood right by the soundboard and, you know, just went and, it was the fit for an autopsy with, um, what's that fucking band from, British band, While She Sleeps, and then. While She Sleeps. Uh They're having a good, they're having another moment. Wrong. While she sleeps, Die Art is murder and architects. Pardon me. That's awesome. That's a sick tour. Yeah. The only thing that I was thinking was in regards to like what you're saying is I'm listening to architects and I'm like, well, I know they got mad tracks going on and shit. Like, I know Homeboy's back there doing the bass and playing the MIDI bass and stuff, but they still got tracks going on and shit. Okay. But then I'm watching Sam sing. And I'm listening to everything, but I'm watching his mouth versus the mic, and when he pulls the mic away and does the sound stop and all that yeah. of stuff. And it does. And then that's the really, really heavy in the mix, as you can see, when he pulls it away and it stops. And I was just like, oh, he can really do all of this. That's yeah. dumb. That's fucking ignorant. He should not be able to actually sing all of this live. And he can. It's miraculous. The guy bro, is I, just a godsend.
2: I feel the same way about Kirby, dude. Remember when that video went viral back in the day where everyone was like, oh, he can't do that long scream at the end of Warpath. Yeah. And the video went viral. Bro. His dad like did a, that video. Bro, I could tell. It was definitely shot by someone <laughs> older than us. <laughs> yeah. You could tell. You could tell it was like the two hands on the phone video. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But no, it's, it's funny because like, dude, I always have thought Kirby is like, is like the most insane vocalist because of like his like technique and being able to scream for like so long and shit like tyler is phenomenal i'll never ever take that from him but like if you ask him to do that scream from warpath he's probably gonna get halfway through it before he's dying to be honest with you so like it's like it's like crazy to see someone to be able to do that like there's there's a few vocalists that i feel like
1: very strongly about and kirby's definitely one of them (laughs) dude i'm very happy to hear that and i i feel the same i'm very blessed to get to make music with him because i truly do think that he is like obviously there's a lot of vocalists that have all these crazy techniques and stuff like that yeah when i'm just going i want the fucking best metalcore vocalist you know well obviously we've got our howard joneses and we've got all that stuff yeah. Man, Kirby's fucking up there, bro. Like he Dude, he is very good. And he also puts on a very and, good show. Yeah, he's great, man. I I love my man. So, thank you for saying that. That's very sweet. Yeah, and hopefully if he hears this if he's not too busy with his fucking kids or twitching or fucking taking care of his crazy thing that's going on with his wife. I don't know if you've seen her Dude, thing on Twitter. I have that seen that in and that's, the hospital.
2: I am glad to see that she's doing a bit better right now. That's yes, that's amazing God. to see. Uh-huh. Um, that was, that was another thing I'll ask you then is, is I feel like I'm interviewing you. <laughs> hey, I like <laughs> um, it. Is, is, uh, who do you think is like the best metal vocalist ever? Cause I have like a new
1: unanimous answer for me. Best metal vocalist ever. Now are we talking like Ken scream or just best metal? Vocalist? I'm talking about, I'm talking about scream here because
2: we both <laughs> love heavy music. Fuck it. Just straight scream. Just straight screaming. Yeah. I mean I guess I guess you could take singing into account if you want. My answer is Phil Bozeman, no matter what, because he has the most crazy vocal vo- voice ever.
1: Yeah. I mean skill wise, I would say Bozeman. I just had particulars as well, like where like I was a suck I'm a sucker for Tim Lambises. I'm yes. a sucker for Mitch Lucker. Um, yes. I'm a sucker for Spencer Chamberlain. Ah, that's a good one too. But when you're talking, what's your favorite Underoath record? Sorry for being ADHD. No, uh, define the great line. You know, I find myself listening to Lost in the Sound a lot, but I think Define is my. I listen to Define more. Define's my favorite, but I'm also a really big disambiguation. Dude,
2: that's what I was gonna say. I think disambiguation is one of my favorite records because that was the one without Aaron and Spencer. Really, really, really stepped up. Oh, opinion.
1: 100%. Yeah, people like, that didn't pay attention, because, man, my local band I was in at that time, we opened the tour they did. It was Under Oath, Comeback Kid, This Is Hell, and the Cheney. Dude, Yip, This Is Hell. And fantastic New York band from Long Island. Oh. Um, love that band. The- Actually, first show I ever saw was a With Honor and Scraps and Heart Attack bands, and Scraps and Heart Attack ended up later becoming This Is Hell. and yep. But I saw this I we my band sold tickets to, you know, open this under Oath show. Oh, yeah. When would you ever get to sell tickets to open an under oath show? But exactly. then the, there was maybe four or five hundred people there, and I was like, this is under oath. Like, how is this not sold out? What the fuck? And people just were haters of when Aaron left. And I don't know, man, Spencer fucking smashed that shit. It was great. Yeah.
2: I'll never I'll never talk down about Aaron because he is a fucking legend. Absolutely. But I I will say this is that when I saw Under Oath without him and the dude from Norma Jean was playing drums and Spencer was doing all the singing and everything, that was probably my favorite Under Oath shows that I ever saw when I saw those shows. And I, I can't tell you why. I can't tell you what it was. But, like, I don't know, man. Spencer was, like, such a true front man. And that's, like, a, a big thing that, like, helped me, like – see confidence in like a band because like dude you know how big of a hit that is like that's like you know not having your dude that sings everything just leave like damn yeah and on top of that he's your drummer like that's that's like
1: such a hard thing to like overcome you know well and that's the interesting thing about being in a band too where now like you know you and i we tour a lot like bands are doing well we're out there we can mingle with the best of them the couple times that I've been around. Like one time I'm with a friend of mine and we're smoking and then it's just the two of us and all of a sudden he turns around and he's like, yo, what's up, Aaron? And then he's talking to Aaron. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, you know, we I this one time I went to the, um, the Under Oath Comeback record. I went to this like party in LA, this like rooftop party for the release of their record and shit. It was dope. Yeah. And, um one the only like la party i've ever been to and when just dude. being around those dudes like when you see him i was just like oh yeah i ain't got shit like i don't, <laughs> i got nothing to say here i don't know how to fucking do this like nah i mean nah fuck it um, dude it's crazy
2: bro dude that's funny because like when i think about like people that would starstruck me like there's only like a honestly like in our direct scene there isn't very many because like like for instance like you said that about Under Earth, like I grew up seeing Underearth play all the time like if I ever saw Spencer and them I would just be like hey what's up like I don't know them but you know I saw them since they played to no one and then like same with like a day to remember and stuff I, I, I think honestly like if I ever met Mike Shinoda I wouldn't be able to talk I literally wouldn't be able to talk yeah I'd be like uh yeah that would be a tough anything. one <laughs> meeting like a- or I did it with Rob Zombie. That's the one that I remember. I saw, I went to uh, this festival, Fort Rock, that used to be part of the Danny Wimmer Festival uh, stuff with Tyler. Uh, We went there because we, I don't know, we just went to the show. And uh, I was walking back through the green rooms and they had six green rooms for Rob Zombie's band for them to all like get dressed because they all like do that. And he walked out and I was like, I literally just didn't even know what to say. I was like, you're Rob Zombie. And he was like, yes, I am. And I was like, I hope you have a good day. Just kept walking. I didn't know what else to say,
1: dude. This is what a screamo nerd I am. Okay, so I'm in the airport once, and I'm go. I'm in the bathroom, yeah. and like I turn around. I'm in the line to pee because there's so many people in the bathroom that there's a line. I turn around, and two people behind me is Wade McNeil from Alexis on Fire. And I look back, and I'm just like, "What the?" F-? And I just get out of line. I'm like, "Yo." you're way like hi, And this was like three years ago. This isn't like when I was a kid, this is like three (laughs) years ago or some shit. And I just nerded out so hard. And then (laughs) I remember having the goofiest moment where then, Later on, after I had like, said hi to him or whatever, and I didn't ask for a picture or anything because you know, because we're in the bathroom, we both pee, we go our separate ways. And then I'm <laughs> walking through the airport again later, and he's walking past me, and we wake, we make eye contact, and like, he throws up a peace sign, and I throw up a peace sign. But then I was like, man, I just threw up the same thing. He threw up. Like, why did I do that? I'm such a fucking idiot. Like, oh! <laughs> like, I felt like such a nerd because I have loved that band for 15 years and that's the beautiful thing about music and fandom at least for me where when i toured with you know like for instance to go off of who the band that you've been saying that you love all night when i toured with every time i Die, do you think i had a lot of conversations with keith buckley dude i didn't
2: (laughs) yeah dude you know what's really funny about that is that um so we did i don't know if tyler ever said this either but the reason why we like started taking the band seriously seriously is uh, every passing dream did that fucking stupid Sumerian battle of the band's thing. yeah, and we made it to L.A. and we went to L.A. and everything and um what one of the perks of winning our local date is we got to open up the All Stars tour in Atlanta that every time I die was opening and Ooh. everyone knows in my band or anyone that's even like friends with me knows that like every time I die is like my favorite band ever and I was like. I'm going to fucking meet Keith and Andy and be like, I love your band. You know, say something stupid, obviously. I was like 18 at the time. And um, we played the show and we we got catering and everything. So it was at the masquerade. They let us like have catering and everything. You know how they are. This ma- the old masquerade too. So um, we, uh, I already ate and I like left and I went to go set up and everything. And fucking Tyler walks up afterwards and just like, you know, a little pep in his step and he's like, He's like, guess who I just ate lunch with? And we were like, what? He was like, Keith Buckley. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, what the fuck? How did you get to do that? You don't even fucking care about that band. And he's like, yeah, we just talked about golf the whole time. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, you don't even know anything about golf. He's like, yeah, I know. I just kept talking. And I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Like, That's so I was sick. Just, I was just so mad because I was like setting up our shit. And Tyler just walks up. He's like, guess who I ate with? And I was like, god damn it.
1: Yeah, and... <laughs> To You know, also just to tag off what I said before, too, Keith was really nice. Oh, yeah. I just didn't, you know, I, I, I got starstruck, but also... You look up to him. I look up to him, and I don't mind that when I look at him, it's not like things just come to my mind to be like, have conversation with this person, because I like the allure. I like the fact that he is a star to me and that he yeah. was a superhero to me like dude i wore fucking flannels and a belt buckle and aviators and had my fucking hair flipped up i wanted to look like that motherfucker 100- i wanted to bro. be like him like bro 100 percent, dude that yeah. i
2: if he ever hears this podcast i'm gonna be so embarrassed Nah, but dude i think
1: it's cool as fuck because i don't want people to front like they're like nah, man, like, I'm so fucking G. I never had any idols. I only idolized oh. me. Fuck you with that bullshit. No, I dude. wanted to be like Daryl Palombo, and I wanted to be like Keith Buckley, and I wanted nah. to be like fucking Dustin Kensrue and I'm only lucky dude, that, you know, dude. they're not that much older than me, so I get to still make music in a time and place when they make music. It's a fucking honor, and it's a dude. lucky, lucky situation, so...
2: That's something yeah. I look back on and I'm like I am just like it always blows my mind because like in high school like I, my favorite bands were like every time I die under oath from first to last and I'll spill this right now. When I went to see it from first to last and warped for the first time, they had to cancel because Sonny had the uh issue with his throat. Yeah. Um, and I legitimately cried. And I was like, I'm going home. I'm not even going to stay. And I made my my girlfriend like take me. I was like, I'm going home. That's She's so sick. I literally, I was That's so as emo upset. as it gets. Dude, so we watched I, uh, every time I die at 11 a.m. And then they were supposed to play at like 3. And then they announced that they weren't playing when I was in line for their meet and greet. And I was like, fuck this. I was like, I need to go home right now. <laughs> I started like
1: crying at Warped Tour. It was like 14. Damn. That's crazy. Well, I'm proud of you. I'm glad you cried at the f- first to last show. <laughs> I never got to see them play, but that would have been cool. I would have liked that. You want to know who actually I've probably paid to see more than anyone else? Circa cool. Survive. Oh, dude. Circa is one of those bands for me, too,
2: um, that I I will always love. But And this may be another weird thing for me like as a music fan is that, like, that's one of those bands that I 100% prefer to see indoors. Like I I, I don't want to see them at Warped Tour because like their atmosphere in a club is like so much cooler because they played, um, we have a festival here called Sunfest and it's like super normie. Like it's usually like, like people like, uh, I don't know, like MGK when he was before now and like, like shit like that that plays and like, they'll always MGK have that when he's still fucking sucked yeah or like Ludacris <laughs> and shit like that like Ludacris plays
1: that's and stuff sick. like
2: that so like so like normally there's always that one like like why is this artist on here like the last one before the pandemic papa roach played and everyone's like what the fuck and then like sc- scary kids scaring kids played one year way back in the day that's um, sick but uh i just lost my train of thought though. did circus survive uh, play uh circus survive played one of them and it's outside so like it was amazing to see them play this festival because like all these people are here to see like Diplo playing shit and like Circus of Ice playing. I'm like, this is crazy. But
1: That's then like sick. at
2: the same time, I was just like, eh, I'd rather I see mean. them inside. And then I saw them on the, uh, the on letting go tour that year too.
1: Yeah. I saw them on that. Uh, was that the anniversary? Or Jeterna. One, Jeterna, Jeterna
2: sorry. Yeah. Jaturna anniversary. I saw them on the same year that they played that festival.
1: Dude, if you can just write With perfect balance, records every time, Then you get to like do these anniversary tours for your whole career. Like once you hit the ten year, if all your albums were good, you're good for another ten years. Easy. Dude, it's it is crazy to think about that because Circa
2: Uh, like every record was perfect for like dude, the on letting go tour with the fucking balloons as production was like a fucking cathartic experience for me.
1: (laughs) I I went I just I Is that the one that was with balance? Um, no, the one. Well, balance was Juturna, or was that on letting go? Juturna, Juturna. Because I saw on letting go, I did. Yes. Yeah, I didn't see the one with balance. I saw. I don't really. I mean, honestly, I fucking blacked out that night. <laughs> I had trouble that night. Um, that was one I'm not <laughs> proud of. I uh, I was in a bad place that day. I got fucked up i got really fucked up um that was bad news bears that night but i love circus Survive. yeah they're great one of my favorite bands ever seriously um but with that and me talking about blacking out my hoe just got home so um i'm just kidding she's not a hoe she's a housewife and she's not a housewife she just got home from work um but i love her regardless i am the housewife actually um and I only call her derogatory things when I know she's in the room. So, I yeah, I do all the cooking, and I do some cleaning. But honestly, That's does amazing. a housewife even exist anymore, you know? Like, what is uh, that,
2: you know? I, I don't think so, because if you can't cook and you're a man, like, you're
1: you're worthless at that point. If you can't you know? cook and you're a person, you're worthless, because yeah. you're going to well, fucking I- eat like shit and live off fucking... McDonald's i 100
2: percent agree but if you want to live on the dynamic that there's a housewife like if you're a man and like your excuses you don't know how to cook like
1: you're literally worthless yeah it. that's some whack <laughs> shit
2: because <laughs> like also, it's so easy you can yeah. literally log on to tiktok and figure out how to cook in 10 minutes
1: for real there are some pretty cool tiktok videos that will teach you how to cook like general sows in 30 seconds which is pretty sick um yes yeah it's more of just a time thing when she gets home i just want to hang out with her so i don't really of course want to, like i just like to have shit done so that way we can kick yeah. it and enjoy each other oh. which that's amazing yes that's why we're getting married before touring comes back and i can't wait it's gonna be super i'm cool. so excited uh, for you bro you gotta live stream it so i can watch dude honestly yeah i should do like some sort of ticketed event like I,
2: oh ticketed you know. yeah well i'm gonna give i'll the, give passes you out you know what list. i'm saying like
1: i'll have a guest list you know Dude,
2: I, I i need i need i need the guest list it's been too Dude, long
1: honestly when pe- <laughs> i can't wait till people hit me up for guest list oh my answer is no. no
2: my answer is no 100 percent. if you are not someone in a band that's asking me for guest list like anyone that's not in a band or a family member you can go fuck yourself you're paying for the show
1: you know the only <laughs> way that i will let you in on guest unless you list, bring weed you have to bring weed yeah that's what yep. i was gonna say is 100 if you make it Effective for me, which I have friends, you know, like that, where it's like, yeah, like you bring some, some weed, I'll give you guesties, it sounds good, we'll smoke, and then you enjoy the show, and that's it. Um, which is nice, I do enjoy that. Um, so if you want to bring me weed to a show, you can, I'll same because I can smoke It'll weed again, time. I'll give you a pass, <laughs> and then you know, you save yourself a couple bucks by giving me a couple bucks. I don't know really how effective <laughs> it is for you, um, but I'll take it uh i definitely used to do that in the warp tour days once or twice or thrice oh um, for sure be like bro you don't come on now you want that photo pass <laughs> you gotta bring <laughs> at least and eighth for that photo pass
2: <laughs> <laughs> bro that's so funny because I, when we <laughs> toured together i couldn't smoke weed again yet right you were on so, proby well not pro i was on drug court but i guess it's the same thing and in, in actually it's worse to be honest but um, in florida
1: it's not because the problem dude, is it's when bad. you're down south you can get in you're you're you get in trouble for like you know flicking a fly you know or something stupid like i feel like i've just heard a lot of friends being like yeah i'm on probation i got like a ticket
2: um well like so uh, and i know that you're that we're right at the end here but like honestly that was like one of the hardest years of my life because i was doing the best touring that we've ever done and i had to be Not that I couldn't not do it sober, but like I had to be sober the whole time because of like my testing and shit like that. And like right before I was supposed to get off, I ended up failing a test and I swear on my mother's life. I never smoked weed and like I I had to deal with all that shit. And it was like pretty shitty because I already had my medical card, my medical marijuana card. So I was already legally allowed to smoke weed in the state, but I wasn't allowed to because I was on drug court. So it was like the the dumbest thing in the entire world to deal with.
1: Yeah, I recall you being a real badass about that. And, um, you know, especially be that I am like always smoking when I'm on TV. Yeah, no, of course. Um, that, you know, I definitely feel bad when I'm a negative influence around somebody like that. So it's great that you actually got through. It. And I believe you when you said that you didn't smoke. Because honestly, you could have just been around people like me and then like had yeah. it in your system.
2: Yeah, funny that's enough, nice. I failed it after a tour Like malt, so I'm going to blame Chris Roder for it.
1: No, I'm just yeah, I would too. <laughs>
2: um, I would blame
1: Chris or Fish or somebody. I love somebody. You, Chris. It was one oh, of them. Oh, Fish, uh, too.
2: You know, they're all, but that's
1: the problem, man. I mean, uh, what I wouldn't <laughs> give right now to be just our trailers right next oh, to each other. Oh, my God, dude. The tent, the tent is up. Dude. Chris, Chris looks at you and he just says, You want to smoke, smoke a bowl?
0: You want to smoke a bowl?
1: And I say yes, Mr. Roder, I do. And I hope I'm not throwing him under the bus here right now. But you know, whatever. Being a pothead isn't throwing anyone under the bus these days. But I fucking love that band. No Eternity in Gold was a fantastic record that came out in 2020. If you didn't listen to it yet, it's because you're a fucking punk ass bitch. Go listen to it. Um, But I love them very much. That band is amazing. All of them. Yes, they're great.
2: They are. Phenomenal. And they were one of the first bands to really take Afterlife out and like show us love, like uh, when we toured with them on, a, on our first record. And it, it was a uh, a great experience because I always loved like Moss. And Chris is going to hate me if he hears this, but I was a huge, a graceful fan. And also, Dude, early Amorosa. Early Amorosa is my favorite Emerosa. I don't care what anyone says. Like, that's better than, than Johnny. That's better than whatever happened afterwards. Obviously, we'll keep that. To the side, <laughs> but uh, with Chris, that was my
0: favorite.
2: Your hand. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Before we go, I'll say this because this is a funny ass story with Chris. Is that Mike Moss did their headliner that played O'Malley's, which you guys played, which is like the worst venue in South Florida ever. Yes, um, and uh, they were playing there, and <laughs> I was chill with Chris and them, and some kid pulls up and you could hear him talking to his friend like we should put on a graceful in the car right now and like they started blasting a graceful in the parking lot <laughs> oh my God. and chris is like chris is like you got to be fucking kidding me right now <laughs> dude
0: this is how I know I'm going to get chris Rotors to notice me i got to play a graceful put on the grid i am <laughs>
1: oh god. that's fucking brilliant honestly that's what I would so do too fucking funny bro I
2: just remember Chris's face just mortified like god damn it no
1: the first thing I ever did when I met Chris Roder was I went up to him and I just went Chris could you sing me Casablanca it's a t- t- song I've, have you ever you- seen that movie is that
2: why you named it that Utah I'm taller god
1: I love it he's great what a guy yes yeah. Very good guy. I can't I wait love to them. play some, some shows with them again. Because you know what, dude, All I want to play matter. shows with
2: both of you. That would be amazing. That would, that would be... be one of my
1: favorite tours ever. If it was us, like Moss <sighs> and y'all, that would be a great tour. Yeah, throw like Era on there, and we'll have a great. Oh time. please, dude, yeah. that's some of my favorite people too. That's that would be the metalcore comedy tour. By the way, the new Era
2: record is fucking ridiculous. Yes, that record is is by far their best work, and uh, JT funny story with JT is if you remember, he used
1: to do vocal covers back in the day. Oh yeah. He's actually the episode that's coming up tomorrow morning. Like actually tomorrow morning.
2: Well, he did an every passing dream cover back in the day. And that's how I first found out about him. And then he, then he did that tour with Texas in July on warp tour. And that's when I met him. So it's really funny that that's how like me and Tyler, like first, like, like started talking to JT was when he did an EPD cover of one of our songs. Um, at that's that time which is so sick. cool but he is always like that's one of the coolest dudes in metal like he has always been such an avid supporter and like he'll always bring up something that like you know like something you wouldn't expect someone to just like bring it up they'd be like oh how was this and you're like oh shit you actually like care and like saw that that's amazing absolutely
1: like, bro he's a fan such first. a good he gets guy it, man and that's why i like him so much too is why i think we relate in that way where when you join a band i think somehow you never really lose the mystique you know I, yes. I i enjoy my imposter syndrome i i don't mind it and uh yeah <laughs> it's it's a fun delusional little matrix world i live in it's pretty cool um but dude yeah i'm gonna let you go uh of where course. can people uh find you are you guys twitching at all or anything like that these days or so- is it we just focused on this new single that's about to pop
2: Uh, Well, the single's about to drop. Uh, Luke and Tristan have been doing a lot of twitching. I know that Luke's uh, twitch is Druma, D-R-U-M-A, God. That's his twitch. He's been playing a lot of Rocket League and doing a lot of Afterlife stuff. Tristan's is Tedwards underscore TX, just like his social media. RIP is Twitter. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, we have the new single coming out, and the new album should start hopefully rolling out a little bit after that. So
1: Fuck yeah. That's, That's where, where you can see, see us. All right, my man. We'll hold on one second so I can properly let you go off the air. But I love you, buddy. Thanks for joining me today. And I, I hope love you had too. a good time getting tucked. I absolutely did. Thank you so much. Of course. All right, Mother Tuckers, that was the show. Woo, 50 episodes, yeah. I can't wait to do 50 more. Thank you all for joining me. Hopefully we'll do lots beyond the 50, maybe, you know, like even 51 Maybe we'll get the hundreds of episodes. Who knows? Wouldn't that be fun? The Get Tucked podcast. Maybe for all time. Maybe I'll do it until I die. I don't know. We'll see. But I appreciate you all very much. Thank you for listening, and I'm excited to keep this thing moving. We've got some really cool additions coming up to Featured X this month. I can't wait to uh, share all the big news with you. Also, Andrew, thanks for joining me today, buddy. I think you're great. Love you. Appreciate you. Go listen to the new Afterlife song called Burn It Down. It's out tomorrow. You're going to love it. And as always, get down!